Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I try to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary, I need your rest. I dwell yet in the past. No matter what I face, you're by my side. When you don't move the mountain, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the water, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I would trust, I would trust. I will trust in you. Do if you know what tomorrow brings. There's not a day ahead you have not seen. Go in all things, see my life and breath. I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less. When you don't move I'm needy. When you don't part the water, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answer, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. You are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where I go. You're not already stood. When you don't move the mountain, I'm needing you to move. When you don't fall the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answer, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. When you don't move the mountain, I'm needing you to move. When you don't fall the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answer, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you. 
mercy. Father in heaven, we come before thy presence, Lord, and the song of meditation tells us that we are to trust in you. Going through these waters, going through these pathways of life, going through the hops and the down and the challenges, Lord. We come through Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Savior, and we're asking you now, Lord, just as the farmer has prepared a field for the, 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 the seed and prepared a field for the small plants to be planted. I pray that you will prepare our hearts now, Holy Spirit. Break our stony hearts. Where it's stony, break up every folly ground where we need it to be broken up. Melt it away, Lord. Let your hammer, be, let your word be that hammer. Father, and as we are waiting upon you now for that word, I pray through the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will anoint your servant lips that as he comes indeed to testify of thy word and to share thy word, that our hearts will be receptive. And Lord, we are waiting upon you now. May you hide him under your bloodstained banner, King Jesus. Use him mightily tonight. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. In your precious name, King Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray with thanksgiving to you be the glory through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. I want to give God praise and thanks. This young man indeed has been a man who has focused his years of praise in the Lord. A man who has great goals and aspiration, doing mighty things for and with the Lord. So we want to welcome him tonight. Indeed, as he comes, may your ears be attentive to the words that he will be speaking. Because we know he's a man who will live by the word. Thus saith the Lord in Jesus' name. So we're going to call him forth. Indeed, young man, come forth. Brother Patrick, indeed, praise you, the Lord. Amen, praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Happy Sabbath to everyone, and we're so grateful and thankful that it's another Sabbath. We're one day closer to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm just so grateful to be alive and well in time like these. So uh, I'm just so happy, praise God. I must tell you that I really had a trying week, really tough week, really trying week, and I'm praising God that I'm alive. I was on my way home when I got a call from a different country. And I just answered the phone. I was driving. I didn't know who it was. And I end up in a battlefield. And uh, I really respect the way God operates. And if we really know his word, it, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Because trust me, I had a bad week and I was really tired. Locked sleep. And I'm really tired. And I'm heading home, and I got a call with somebody who need help, who you could hear their voice and the tears in their voice. And uh, I realized it was a spiritual condition. So I just, to cut it short, I just said, you know what, let me just pray for you. 
and during praying again, the spirit manifested. And it reminds me of when I pray for Jesus, because it was not anything easy. Again, the spirit manifested and spoke and said they are not letting her go. And it was a different level of quoting the scriptures. But some things that really fascinate me is that when I call on Revelation 20, you see in Revelation 20 verses 1 and 2, it talks about the angel that comes down. And when I call for that angel, I heard screaming nonstop. And I, I, I'm saying this to people who are on the line because this person who I prayed for grew up in the church and Adventist. And a lot of times when I pray for our people, I heard them say, nobody told me. I didn't know this thing was real. I heard that all the time. And I think God is going to hold us accountable. I'm telling you, it, it, we're going to be held accountable somehow because there can't be so many people I prayed for who's saying the same thing. Nobody told us that these things were real. I end up going to a church where I didn't know it was real, that this thing, I'm an Adventist and I'm looking for help. I go to a church and didn't know that there's church out there who preach Jesus and their satanic church. You know, it's, 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 it's really something else. When I got to Matthew 27, again, it was a challenge. And the devil identified himself and said, my name is Lucifer, and I'm not letting her go. I won't let her go. And, you know, all we have to do is use the word of God. Because we see the word of God is so powerful. And we have nothing else to lean on. You know, we don't believe in burning no incense, rubbing up with anything. All we have is the word of God. So what we had to do, I had to do was go to the word and don't stop piercing with the word of God and don't ask if it was piercing. By the time I was done, I would say I am probably 99% sure she's free because it wasn't anything ordinary in a short space of time. It was full-fledged war and Using the word of God is really powerful. And I think that we are really not studying the word. A lot of people around the world who profess to be Adventist and we're supposed to have the truth and the people of the gospel. We're not studying the word. Because I want to tell you, a lot of people, when they hear about the ministry or what we do, they don't believe. There's so many people who in the church for 20 years and going through warfare, spiritual warfare, and they are going outside to get help. They are going to Sunday churches that speak in tongues. They are going to different places because they don't want to go to psychics. So they are going to places to get help, and they can't get help. And when you go to our people, they are like, oh, uh, is that for real? I, I don't believe that. I don't believe those things exist. Lord of mercy. Anyway, I don't want to dwell any longer on it, but it was 
a really powerful moment and I wish I had some people listening what was happening because it was unbelievable conversation that went on with a high level power that decides we're not letting her go. When I called for Gabriel, I heard screaming until my ears was, was being deaf with the screaming. We have this power in Jesus. We have it. And we got to get out of it. And, and because of that, the scripture I'm going to do tonight is going to relate to that. But before we do, I want to welcome um, a woman of God from Jamaica. I know she was on last Sabbath, but people are requesting to hear her again. Because somehow, every time we connect with her, the line is not clear. And I don't know if it's going to be clear tonight. I'm praying in Jesus' name. And if it's not clear, we're going to redo it. Because we tried with her two or three times. I know um, she gave her testimony how she came in the church and how the Lord helped her and what the Lord has done for her. I want to briefly talk to her. Her name is Sister Angela from Jamaica. And she's part of the prayer war room in Jamaica. We have a war room, you know. And a few of us are going to go down when the COVID is over. And we're going to visit the war room on site. It's not going to be virtual. It's going to be on site, in person, in the war room. Mercy, where prayer goes up, where the battle is. Mercy, I want to welcome and say happy Sabbath, Sister Angela. Are you there? Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick. Yes, I'm here. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're hearing you. It's a little bit squeaky, but we're hearing. <laughs> Mercy, because the enemy is working on your electronic all the time. So, so how yes. are you doing today? I am okay. I'm doing wonderful. I'm giving God thanks for this hour. Amen, amen. Okay, we want to speak to you briefly. And um, we have some regular people that we speak to up here. And you're going to be one of our regular. We have a regular like Brother Royce, who's going to be on tomorrow. We have Sister Landa, and we have Sister Claudia. And these are warriors for Jesus. They may be going through something, but God is preparing them. And you join too. So could you share with us, um, when did you join the Adventist Church? I joined the Adventist Church September 2007, 2008. Okay, 2008. Okay, praise the Lord. Yes. And I know when you share your testimony, you say you were going through some warfare. Was it a challenge to become a Seventh-day Adventist? Um, I was brought up uh, in the halfway in the the Adventist church. My father was a Seventh-day Adventist. He died uh, when he got married to my mother. Then she went to Seventh-day Adventist. Then she remarried and went to Seventh-day Baptist. So I have a little background there. But um, I left the church uh, as a teenager. I left the church and I, you know, went and everything that I learned in church just went nil and void. And the media houses, I listened to a lot of uh, running African, and you know, that I learned that that is an open door that they never used to trap many persons and to possess them and keep them. 
And uh, as I was saying that, you know, I, I was doing body piercings, you know, living my own life, doing my own stuff. And, you know, I came under a lot of problems, not knowing or understanding what was happening to me, even though I was brought up in the church. I reached, I had reached a place where I didn't even believe that they, that Jesus was real because of the whole a mix of teachings that I got some, you know, along the way. I didn't use the name of Jesus because because of some Yahweh person that I knew that said it's a pagan name, you know, until when I cried the name of Jesus, immediately angels were sent. And I learned that afterward in Ellen White's writing, where she said, when you call the name of Jesus, immediately angels are dispatched to help you. So I learned then that there's power. That's one of the things I've learned. There's power in the name of Jesus. And also that there's no, Jesus is the only way. There's no other way to get through. But Jesus is the door. There's no middle ground. And I thought that I was on a middle ground until I, you know, I've learned that that is not so. So, so let me ask you though, why you think as Adventists people are so afraid and they are not using the power that they are entitled to because we are royalty? What the thing is the problem? Because we are facing this all over the world. I am I'm working with so many people from UK. Probably we are up to 20 or more people who need to be delivered. And I could name different countries. And they said there's nobody that they can talk to. What do you think is going on? Is there, what's your opinion? Well, after, um, when I, as I told you that I was battling with the devil and did not know because I didn't know. <laughs> and I, I made, made a the Lord in my heart, then the Lord made that decision was sealed. So he couldn't kill me because he told me he was going to kill me. But what happened, Brother Patrick, is that during the time I was fasting, 21 days, God was doing something because a lady from um, uh, Miami, the Lord said, no, because there was nobody in the church that knew what was happening to me. I have sisters that are said they are and they didn't know. Understand? I had a daughter that I was young, but she did not know. So that sister now came down. The Lord Center started, did a two-week revival, and in the middle, the Sabbath, the short Sabbath of the revival, I went to church because I was, I was so fearful I didn't want to stay home. But the Lord sent her from America. So, you know, because she has an idea of, of, um, of spiritual warfare, but there was nobody else in the church that didn't have any knowledge of it, none whatsoever. And I think they believe in the church, they made me feel as if, they made me, feel as if, um, you know, it's a crime that I was possessed by an evil spirit. They made me feel unwanted and marginalized because they don't know about spiritual warfare. I believe that the church has reached a place where it's like um, a social club. You reach a certain level, a certain status in life, and you are okay. So there's only one level. They don't try to reach a higher level. They just reach one level and stay there. And most of it I realize, Brother Patrick, it's about education and it's about material things. I've been a Bible worker for since I came in the church. The Lord called me to go and set me out. And many churches in Jamaica have gone to. And I, including pastors, members, elders, these people are totally unaware of spiritual things. They're, they're 
us, and that's it. Education, the material things, and, and, and that's it. There's no other level to go. And so that is why it's just a few people that the Lord will reveal himself to in that way, because, you know, the other people are not interested. They don't seem to have an interest. Wow, wow. No, that, that's really shocking what you're saying, because you know what? It's true. Because every call we get, which we get lots of calls from all around the world. And these are Adventists and they can't get the help. So there's something lacking that all those who are listening, there's something that we have to do in order to really come higher and to come out of that comfort zone. Because Christ's ministry on earth, most time people are coming and they have been healed physically or uh, demonic condition. Jesus was teaching and doing this work. And as God's people, we are shying away and say it don't exist. So is this a way where the devil is blindfolding us because we have the truth? Like, I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> Mercy. Mercy. Wow. Yeah. Yes, I believe that the masses of the people are asleep, um, you know, you know, this is a comfort zone. You have one or two people that um, actually is aware of spiritual things. One of the things I've experienced when I was, became a Seventh-day Adventist, when I met the God of the Sabbath, because that's when my life changed, when I met the God of the Sabbath, I realized that they, if I had stayed, if God did not move and send me out to move from place to place, I would have, it would have killed me spiritually. In the church, and one of the things I'm going to say is that for the eyes of the demons, when I that night before I got delivered, there was only one light, two lights I saw in the church. I, I, I think I was seeing to the eyes of the demon pastor. The place was complete darkness. But just two lights that I saw around, I don't know who, one of the person I knew who that one of that person um, it was, but the other I don't know. But there, there was no, this light, the, the, the Either Satan, Satan know who is light, and you know who is darkness, who is being light. Mm. You know, so I think that um, the people are spiritually dead. They are spiritually they walk in the flesh. They only have a form of godliness, and they deny the power of Jesus Christ. Just a form, and, and, and oh, you know, no. just as the sister wife said, that's what I see mainly. Even some of the prayer groups, because I'm always a part of a prayer. Wherever I go, I'm always joining the prayer team. And you know, I tell you, Father, it is not, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Because you wonder if you're at the same place. You wonder if you're at the right place. You know, wondering if you're at the right place. Yeah. Okay. I know that um, dealing with spiritual warfare is a special gift, but it doesn't mean that we can't know it. So if the, if the brethren are listening tonight, you heard what Sister Angela said, that when she was under possession and she went to the church, she only saw two lights out of the whole church, only two people who was a threat then to the devil. Because a lot of people go to church and we fit in. We don't study the word. We just fight for offices and we have the biggest talk and we're not going higher with the Lord. And, and this is said for all of us to really wake up. And that's why we have this program, is to wake God's people up to say this is urgent. Because as I said, I just get off the phone with one of the most powerful deliverance. And this woman 
looking for help and can't find nobody. And from the fact she told me what happened to her, and I pulled the scripture and started to pray for her, the demon manifests right away. And they are not afraid to speak to me. So they were speaking. And it was a next level. So what I'm saying then, as God's people in the last days, we have to get ready. So my sister, what do, what were you saying when you come to become part of the Sabbath? Uh, were you thinking that you were going to be able to be delivered? Or what were you thinking then? <laughs> oh, Brother Patrick, I tell you, as I said, I did not know so many things, you know, because I, you know, I just went to church as a child. And going out in the world, there were so many things that I picked up, so many garbages, so many lies. And I, I just didn't know, I, didn't, I no longer believe that there's penalty for a sin, for your sins. God, there's no sin. We don't have any sin. That's what they're being taught. And many people believe it, that there's no sin. So therefore, you, you do anything you want to do. You, you're just going to die, and that's it, you know? But when I went to, as I said, I was going through the warfare, fighting, and, and fighting with this, with what I thought it was God. No, this is another thing. The devil, because of what I've learned, he, I believe that he was not real. I thought that he was only God. So when he started communicating me, to me, telling me to do things and, 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 you know, giving me scriptures and all these things, I did not know. I thought it was God. And when he told me that you're going to die tomorrow, I said to my daughter, you know, God told me he's going to kill me. And she said, Mommy, God does not do that to his children. You have to confess your sins, and, and, and God goes on your knees and confesses your sins, and the Lord will forgive you of your sins. So the Lord, as I said, while I was praying, while I was fasting, because I decided not to go back to the Uber man, because the Lord said not to go back. And I realized that because I did not go back, the Lord honored me. Like setting up the all night prayer from the ASI prayer ministry to come down and go to each parish every end of month, every last Sabbath. And the Lord set up that deliverance and I stopped the fasting on the 21 day, day 21. Remember, I don't know anything, you know, I'm a novice to, to spiritual workers because I didn't even know that the devil was real. As I said, it's a sister now that, that the Lord sent from America. She did the revival. And she's, my daughter started telling her what was happening to me. And she said, Satan, and my, my jaw dropped because I did not know that he was real. And she started telling me that as she, as she went through the very same thing. And God sent angels to minister to her just as he did with me and delivered her. And she knows preaching the gospel, you know, wherever she goes. She, she actually trained me in spiritual warfare. Um, after I got baptized, it, it was, it, what I found is that when I got baptized, became a member of the church, I did not know there was, a, there was another life apart from the life, the secular world. I did not know. It was a whole new world for me, but it was the greatest joy I've ever experienced. That emptiness in me filled. There was always this gap that nothing could fill, and that emptiness was filled. And I was, I, you know, I, I walked on air for so long. And, you know, because I was going to die, because he told me he was going to kill me, and things were happening to my body, because demons were in there destroying it. I felt, she said to me when I got baptized, too, that you're free, you're, you're saved. She said, you're saved. And I, I, walked, I walked free. I felt free. I felt secure. My faith lifted in God. My faith lifted in God, because I didn't 
know that the Lord loved me. You know, I did not know. Coming to this Adventist church is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I would not change it for anything. And the Lord allowed me to see spiritual warfare so I can I can teach others and I can help others because I probably would have gone in and joined the church and become, um, you know, become a social club. That's what it is. You know, you become a social club and we just, everybody just to laugh. But the Lord has me in like that because he wants me to teach others and to become aware that there's two realms. Two realms. I didn't even know that there was two realms that we lived in. And I learned that during, during uh, before my deliverance, that it's two realms. Um, it has been a journey since I became a Seminary Adventist Church pastor. It's not been, it has not been easy. As I said, they tried to kill me spiritually, literally. You know, we had friend fasting one week per one day per week, and they would want to know why is it, why is she fasting? Why are they getting together and fasting? People can't fast for no reason at all, and they want to throw out. They, they didn't stop until they throw out. I'm talking about elders, you know, elders of the church, first elder, second elder. And so old till the fasting, fight it down, come out of the church. So the church no end of um, the prayer, prayer, the prayer ministry is dead, dormant, and it's a lot of churches there are no prayer ministry. So the devil has taken a seat in this congregation, in these churches. He's the one that runs it. It is very sad, Brother Patrick. It is very, very sad. Since I've met Button to Christ, I, I was Button to Christ on Shabbat since COVID-19. I don't go, you know, I don't go out and I don't watch what is going on because it's, it's just a parade, it's just performance. They're performing, they're acting, and it's so distasteful. So I just watch what can strengthen me and, and, and build me up and up with me, and I have no regrets because today, the experience that I've had with a 21, 21 days fast is a blessing. It's a, I can't explain it. It is a blessing unto my soul. And I still want to go higher in Jesus. Still want to go higher. Amen. Amen. So could you um, have a couple more questions? What do you think the church is lacking, the Adventist church? Why so many people don't believe? Like, what do you think is the problem? I can't identify because I'm going around for hundreds of people coming and they can't get help. People don't believe. They tell them that they need help spiritually and the church run from them. What do you think is going on? Pastor, when we did a study with Paul, and I read what they did with Paul, how they, um, they think that they, they persecuted him until they killed him physically, and it came clear to me that that's what the church does. That's what the church does. It, 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 the church is lacking the Holy Spirit of God based on what I see. Most of the persons that I see go up there and, and um, lead out, doing some service, doing lesser studies. They don't have, and I know this for a fact, they don't have Bible studies at home. They don't have morning worship. Um, they, they, they don't pray. And there, there are so many things. They don't study the Bible, but they are the ones that are up there um, doing all these kinds of things. And these are things that I know for a fact. And the people that have the Spirit of God in them, they are the ones that are left on, on, on the back bench. People who, are, who, are, who want to serve God and is not, is not showing, is not doing things for show. These are the persons that are left 
is in a terrible condition. And I believe that God is calling out his people who sincerely want him, God, and who want to come higher. He said, when we shall seek him with all of our hearts, we shall find him. And we won't find him any other way. We have to want more of him. We have to want more of him. I, as I said, I, I've been a Bible worker, and I just want to tell the Lord I'm not doing any more Bible work because I can't carry people in, in this kind of in this condition. And the Lord said, it's not my responsibility to take care of them when they come in there to worry what happens to them. I'm supposed to point them, point him to them, and carry them in because I was worried about the condition of the church at one point, and I just felt like I, you know, I, I'm them doing the wrong thing. And even members of the prime ministry, the things that they do and are doing, the, the church is lacking the Holy Spirit, Brother Patrick. The Spirit of God is not in the churches. That is why people can live anyhow they, they want to live and they, 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 you know, and continue to go to church and do stuff. And nothing, you know, nothing. As I said, people need deliverance and they have nobody there that they can pray. Nobody don't want to go to pray. Go to the prayer meeting. When you call prayer meeting, you have five and six people or ten people. And when they come, all they come here to do is exalt themselves. All they come here to do is exalt themselves. I went to, to a church, visiting a church, and I've been there for about four, four, five months. And I see strangers come in and ask, ask a person to pray. And I'm there with them every Wednesday night, every Sunday night. I work with them in series. And they never ask me to pray. And they know that I'm in prayer ministry. They have never asked me to pray. Never. And I'm right there with them on every Wednesday night, every Sunday night. So it's about them and their friends. As I say, it's a social group. And it's the saddest thing. But that, what, what that makes me do is to hold on more to God than changing hand. And to look more in the wonderful face of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It just makes me hold on to God more. And not focus on them and what is happening because I know I have to answer for myself. So that is why I am on the way of seeking more of the Lord. And in spite of what is happening around me and what others are doing, I will help if I can or say something to make a difference. But I am seeking God for myself because I know that heaven is real. I know that God is real. And I know that the devil is real. And that's one thing that nobody can take from me. God is real, the devil is real, and heaven is real. And so, you know, I press forward to the mark of the high calling each day, as much as I can, as best as I know and understand. That's what I do. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. If everybody's listening, we're talking to Sister Angela from Jamaica, and she was on the Zoom with the Button to Christ last week, and... Her testimony is just unbelievable. We just touched a little bit of it. She came in to the Adventist church and the devil tries to kill her. And we're just talking about the condition of the church. You know, but before she goes, I'm going to ask her to do a short prayer for the church at large, the Adventist church, that God's people will wake up, especially those who are listening on the prayer line. Because there's so much doubt and fear and trembling with God's people who is supposed to be the head, that it's really alarming, it's troubling to know that so many people need to be delivered from demonic condition and they don't have people to turn to in the church because what? They don't believe. But yet they believe everything else. 
Mercy. Could you yeah. do a prayer for us? And we're definitely going to connect back with you another time. You know, we have you as one of the regulars we're going to bring on at times. So we will hear more about your testimony. We just wanted to do a short prayer for the church at large that needs to wake up. Go ahead. Before I pray, Brother Patrick, I was serious in St. Andrew, and a young man came there and he was disrupting the service. And I realized what was happening. And they took him to the back, and the, the pastor decided that they're going to gather some people and pray for him. And you know that all they were doing is praying, and it's as if they were beating the air. Nothing happened. And I had to take him to a Sunday church to get deliverance. You know, so it, the, the church, the Seventh-day Adventist church is in a crisis. It is in a crisis right now. I will pray. I will pray, Pastor. So hold on, hold on. Are you saying they had to take the person from the Adventist church to the Sunday church to be delivered? Yes, yes, because no deliverance took place that night. Because nobody knew what to do. They were just praying. Nobody knew exactly what to do. You have about 14 people or so. And nobody knew what to do. So because you know what? When you pray for somebody who's demon possessed, you have to command that demon to leave. You don't just pray and say, Lord, take care of them. Everything is going to be okay. No, we have to command them to leave in Jesus' name. Mercy. Okay, go ahead, sister. Say the prayer. Yes. Yes. Our Father, we Oh, great God of this universe, I come before you this evening, giving you thanks, Lord, for your loving kindness, your tender mercies, and your great compassion towards me. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you, oh God, for that day when I met you, the God of the Sabbath, my life changed, and it changed forever. Lord, I thank you for this day that I can put away everything, and we can come and bow in your presence, and we can think about you, we can talk about you, we can rejoice in you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray that you may cleanse me with your blood. Cleanse me, Jesus, with your blood from everything that's all like you. Oh, Lord, I, my heart pains me as I talk about what I see happening in the church. What I see happening among my brothers and sisters in the lives of many. Oh, Lord, my heart is breaking, and I know that your heart, Jesus, is breaking. Lord, there is a big problem where the people... No longer have your first place in their lives. They no longer look to you from whence their help comes. Many of them are self-sufficient. They are so self-sufficient. They don't, they don't even bother to pray or to seek you. Unless there's a crisis that they think they can't manage, then they turn to you. I pray for your mercy, oh God. You delight in mercy. You delight to give mercy unto your children, to your oh God. That you may visit the Adventist churches, Lord, I know that the close of time is near. And many are asleep, many are unaware of what is happening. Lord, this church is your church. We know you started this church. We know, I know it's your church because you carried me to that church and there's several churches that you've got to have taken me to in that community. You carried me to the Adventist church to teach me your ways. Many of us only have had knowledge. We have nothing more. We only have theory, but we don't put it. Christianity is not practical. The words are not put into practice. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Jesus. Forgive us for failing you in this manner. Forgive us for putting you to open shame in this manner. Oh, God. Please let our light shine. 
I want to tell you is because they recognize that the miracles that has been wrought is not anything ordinary. So I want you to note that when you are connected with God, people will see, even the unbeliever will see and know that this is extra human. It's beyond human capability how God is doing. You see, when we pray for somebody and you hear a woman speaking from a man, you know it's not normal. You can't match that up with science. You can't match that up. When they see Jesus allowing the lame to walk, when they realize Jesus opened the, the eyes of human who was born blind, they came to the conclusion to say, wow, this is supernatural power. But the bad thing is that they put our Savior in the same category as Belzebub, Satan. If they done that to the Master, what about us? You see, they could not comprehend the power. And that's what is happening. The point the Lord is showing me tonight is that some of us cannot comprehend the power of Jesus Christ. So therefore, we are categorizing him as Beelzebub. We are saying that can't be real. He can't be working from God. It cannot be God. Hello, somebody. The own people who witness the miracles, when they see the supernatural power, they say, wow, this is not human. Why didn't they say then he's working from God? Why would they look for a reason to accuse him? They are putting him in a league with Belzebub. They are putting him in a league with the devil. They've seen all the marvelous miracles and the power of God manifesting through Jesus Christ. And they said, he must be working from Belzebub. It can't be real. So in other words then, these people are devil worshippers who are saying that because they are looking and saying anything that is unusual and powerful, it can't be from God then or that person because pride was involved. They are saying it got to be from the devil. It's got to be from Beelzebub. If they were doing that to our Savior, when he's doing all these miracles, it's showing something that we have to be careful which side we fall on. Because if self and pride is in the way, we're going to be looking for the fault of people to condemn them. We're going to look on righteous people and look for a reason to bring them down. God is saying, what is your reason? What is your reason to accuse people instead of looking back to the word and see if the word matches up? But if they accuse Jesus of working from the prince of devils, that he cast out. But hear what? Verse 23 says, And he called them unto him and said unto them, In parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? You know, these are deep stuff that we need to look at. Instead of being accusers of the brethren, we have to match up and see if the word 
match up everything. But are we studying the word? The key is the Lord got them to a point and says, you know, can Satan cast out Satan? In real life, virgin, a lot of people get sick and they hear spiritual warfare. The first place they want to go to is a psychic instead of going to God. So let me ask you a question who visit the psychic? Hope nobody on the line. But if you go to a psychic to take out a devil from you, who do you think the psychic works from? God? Are you being deceived? Who do you think? And if, if perhaps then the psychic you, you, you think then works from the devil and the devil is on you, how can Satan take out Satan? Is there any tactics behind it? Don't you think he will take out those little demons and put a more deceptive, powerful one that you won't escape? Because he's a liar, he's a master, he's a thief, he's a killer. You think he's going to spare you? I'll prefer die at the feet of Christ than go to the devil for help. Because there's no help in the devil. He will kill us. Jesus wants his disciples are the followers to know these things. You see, verse 24 says, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. The Lord is saying, if you go into church and reading a quarterly and professing to be a Christian, but on Sunday morning you're gone to the Obermann, but on Sabbath you're in church, the Lord is asking you, who do you think you're fooling? Don't you realize that in order for things to work, we have to be in unity? Don't you see, think that God can see in the spiritual realm and he knows who is real, who's playing church? He knows who goes to the over man. He knows who goes to the psychic for a palm read. But then you come back in church like everything is okay. Don't you realize? The Lord is saying, how can a kingdom be divided? In verse 25, and if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If you are not or we are not united with Christ, we ain't going to go anywhere. We can't play jacka on both sides. And that's what the Christian dumb is. People are praying jacka on both sides. We don't really know and comprehend the power of God. So we are playing church. We're playing a little bit of this and then a little bit of that. And we think God is some high power and he doesn't look down on us. He, his face is blindfold and he's only looking on the big cases. He don't see we. We can walk under the radar. How foolish we are as humans. We are just like the Sadducees and Pharisees and all of these people. We are the same. Right now the Lord is talking to us. You heard the conversation. There are many churches around the globe. If you are demon-possessed and walk in an Adventist church, probably one out of 50 probably look at you. And I can openly say that stats because a lot of people come to me and they can't get help. It's because we lack the knowledge. We need to step up to the plate. We have the power. I'm not going to deny that. Adventists, the people that keep the Sabbath, we have the power. We don't know how to access it. We don't know what to do with it. When it comes in on our hand and the Lord starts to speak with us, we run and say, no, no, we don't want to hear you. Don't speak. 
Just let everything run smooth. Let the church have its social and have its gym night, his Caribbean night. Let everything run smooth, Lord. Don't stir the pot. Leave it. We okay. We got this. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. In verse 26, we're going down to 30, then we're done. In verse 26, he says, And Satan rise up against himself and be divided. He cannot stand, but has an end. He can't. And you think the devil is not cunning to know that? He can. He can't cast out a devil. Satan not going to tell his demon, okay, leave this body now. Unless he's under the power and the command of Jesus Christ. He has to march his truth out, which we do many times. We command them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we told the leader, the strong man, march your baton out. And they have to obey. In verse 27, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind up the strong man, and then he will spoil the house. You can't just go in, the Lord is saying, and take it. You got to clean the house. You got to bind up and get rid of the spiritual warfare. Get rid of the demon in your body. You got to get rid of the demon first before we can do the will of God and the work of God. We need to be purified. We need to be washed by the blood. We need to be cleansed in order to do the work. We can't be jacka and two sides. In verse 28, it says, Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men. And blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. Um, I know I got a question on that about blaspheme. What is blaspheme? But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, has never forgiveness. But it is a danger of eternal damnation. And God is not in this business to destroy us. He wants to save us. So his Holy Spirit will appeal to us. And we just have to answer and say yes. Because it's true power that is at work. The dark side and the side of light. If we let the Lord in, God will abide with us. See, in this case, these people were confused. Because they are looking at the Lord, who is our Savior, and saying he has an unclean spirit, Belzebub. What do you think they're going to say concerning us? It's going to be worse. What do you think they're saying? A lot of people will refuse to listen to evil button to Christ because they're like, oh, they're talking about demons. These are the very same people who are going through issues in their life who need to be delivered. You see, when you come to button to Christ and you listen, you're going to hear the real word. You're going to hear the real testimonies that will change your life. You're going to hear some encounters, like when Paul was on the road to Damascus. Some of us have to be knocked off and be blind in order to come higher with the Lord. God is saying in the last days here, there's going to be powerful changes. You know, the devil is creating havoc around the world while God's people sleep. We are overwhelming, and I'm praying to God 
Every day I'm saying, Lord, is this the day when you're going to bless us with a few millions so we can stop, nobody will work, and we will get all the resources to move to the next level because the, the, the demand is so great with people that genuinely need help and there's not enough help. There's not enough workers. There's not enough people who believe. You can't find people who believe, who's willing to go into the battlefield and will able to lay down their life for Jesus Christ. You can't find people who are willing to do that. No. God is asking you tonight. We have to take a stand. Tonight, as I close, you got to realize that Jesus in verse 22 was doing all the miracles and they accused him and put him in a category with Belzebub. Because Jesus was doing such powerful work that they know it's not human. It's beyond human potential and ability. So they recognize that, but they log it in with demonic power. Because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. When you see miracles, you're going to know that this is beyond human. Human can only do certain things. So right away, they recognize that there is a high power. How did he do all these miracles? But they prefer to put down our Savior and say, listen, he works for Belzebub. He works for Satan. And Jesus, who have the power, confused them by asking them, how can Satan cast out Satan? Have you ever seen that? If Satan casts out Satan, then, you know, something is wrong. If you go to the psychic to take out demon from your house, then something is wrong with you, brethren. I'm telling you. The Lord clearly said that. Satan won't go against his own power. It's not his house cannot stand. This unity, Satan, no will destroy anything. So if the devil knows that, why would God's people go to psychic to tell you your future? Why would you read tarot cards? And go into all these divinations to know if you're going to get married. To know. When you know it's the devil. So you think the devil not going to deceive you and tell you a lie and then destroy you? If you think the devil is telling you a truth, what he does, he will tell you that in two years you're going to have two children. But what he will do, he will send one of his agents to be the father. So you can get those two children. He set it up. And when it happened, you're like, wow, that person, no. And then you gravitate back again to that person because they tell me what was going to happen, and it happened. You think the devil can follow you and study your pattern and set up traps for you? God's people need to take this away from here tonight, that the devil doesn't work against himself. So there's no truth in going through spiritual warfare and burning some incense. <coughs> There's no truth. <coughs> Sorry. We can't do that. <coughs> Sorry. If you're finding yourself doing that, something wrong. We need help. Do yourself. Well, you know, even when we say this all the time, <coughs> God's people still go and do it. 
somebody still tell you, go get Florida water. <coughs> go burn frankincense and myrrh. And you know what? We're so spiritually dead that we still go and do it. Hundreds and thousands of people around the world who in the church, supposed to be born again, in the church of the Lord, burning incense, going to Beelzebub, going to the devil, <clears throat> and refusing the power thereof. Please, brethren, take this from here tonight. Anytime you go anywhere outside the league of God, you're just letting in more demons. Satan will not call off the demon that is on you. He will add more. In incense, in things you take bath, you drink, more demon will be added to your life and your life will be worse. Please turn to Jesus before it's too late. God just bless you and keep you, and His face shine upon you. We'll now go to the prayer request now. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you. And we'll see you next time.